Welcome to Flight Plans, the official podcast of the SAE Aero Design Series. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's Mike Sorg, a video and podcast producer with the SAE CDS Series. Back again with you. We're talking aero design. We are getting so close to that new season and you guys heading out there and uh, getting those planes up in the air for competition. We're talking today about uh, the regular class and the new changes to it with uh with somebody who's who was involved in the rules committee uh but first of course with us on the line is sam burrell university programs manager how you doing sam doing good doing good welcome thank you and also on the line with us is david marniti a former student uh competitor and a former faculty advisor with the competition now a rules committee member thank you so much for joining us david it's a pleasure thank you let's let's get into it first david like we mentioned you uh we already mentioned that you are a former student and faculty advisor. Can you tell me a little more about your background with this competition? Sure. So I went to school at Georgia Tech and competed for a number of years at the uh, micro class and and advanced class. One year we even did the regular class I was competing in. After I graduated, I stayed on as faculty advisor, and now I've graduated and moved on. And as part of that, because I wanted to stay involved with SAE, I think it's one of the greatest opportunities that we can really do for students to get hands-on experience. And so I've stayed around and was involved as a volunteer. And now I've kind of moved up uh, two years ago into the rules committee to help design the rules around the competition. So you really kind of graduated through the process in, entirely there. Absolutely. And it's been, it's been really a lot of fun to see it from literally every side and every participation point I could Absolutely. So tell me about your experience with the rules committee. How long have you been with it? And, and what's your kind of uh, a relationship to the regular class this year? So I came in the rules committee, I believe this is my third year participating on it. Um, the first year we redid the micro class rules. Um, then we redid the advanced class rules. And this year we're introducing a new set of regular class rules for 2020. So I come in a lot with uh, looking at the scoring equations, looking at how do we want to shape the competition to, you know, target and emphasize certain aspects of engineering for the team. Excellent. So tell me a little bit more about the regular class. Of course, a big change this year. What has kind of been the history of this? For myself, I've, I've only been around the last couple of years to see it. You know, we have passengers and, and it flies and, and comes back around. But, but how has that developed over the years in this uh, competition? Yeah, so regular class has always been the primary competition at SAE. It's the big one. It's always about heavy lift, right? So years and years ago, um, the rules went through iterations where they would limit airplane dimensions to overall maximum length, width, and height while carrying the most amount of payload. Um, it's transitioned into other formats where it might be carrying the largest uh, amount of payload with limited power. Uh, last couple of years, you've been carrying passengers and cargo like a passenger aircraft. And again, the point is to maximize this value given takeoff restrictions and power limits for um, the aircraft. And then this year, as you brought up, we've kind of changed and gone in a, a little bit different direction again, where we're carrying, we're back to carrying box cargo weight, like an absolute amount of weight, but we've added in soccer balls as a payload that you have to carry. And we're penalizing open-ended on cargo bay length and wingspan with a very short takeoff. So it's a very exciting combination of rules and constraints this year. 
I want to get a little more into the details of that regular class change. But of course, this is not new for those maybe new to the competition. There's always a role change every year. Yeah, one of the three classes changes every year. Um, so we did micro, then we do advanced, then this year's regular, and next year we'll be micro again. So you kind of get three years, and we might tweak in between years, but the, the gross rule set stays the same. So talking more about regular class, um, well, first of all, what was the cause for the change other than a new year, a new change for a regular class? What was kind of the thinking behind a change, and what are, what are we expecting the students to kind of uh, uh, learn from this experience? For the last three years, right, with the payload and, and people, it's been simulating one set of constraints, right? You've got to pick the correct amount of, of tennis balls that you had to lay in the aircraft. You had to pick a, a payload for that to match, and you had to go and take off. So it was fairly straightforward, but it was fair, it was very realistic and representative of a lot of the, the problems that you're going to face in industry. And that's something that we try to hold ourselves to as we make these rules. This year, it's a lot more like a bush plane where you've got limited runway, but you have to carry a large volumetric payload with overall aircraft constraints. So you could go, just like in real life, and make a very, very, very large wingspan airplane, but then you run into other issues like will you fit at the gate when you pull into the airport or will you be able to land on your runway? So it's a little more, it's a little bit more systems level thinking, a little more trade-offs involved. Uh, with the rule set this year. So from this, what do you think is going to be that that first round turnout for regular class as far as like how many is going to get out there? Uh, how many successful flights do you usually get on a first run on a new rule set like this? Uh, more and more in the past couple of years. I mean, especially the switch to electric propulsion has aided greatly uh, first flights off. So going back to, you know, looking in the past, it should be mo- most people typically do very, very well the first time off. They might you know, scale back the payload that they're carrying to make sure that it takes off. Um, but we find that the, the rules and the, the teams have been getting better and better looking at the rules, understanding it, flying the aircraft before the competition. So I'm, I'm very bullish about that. Do you expect a wide variety of solutions from this? I know we saw this with the advanced class, uh, people kind of taking that first crack at these new problems and, and seeing that that just a lot of different shapes and sizes happening out there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm extremely excited. I mean, uh, one of the, the two constraints in this problem, wingspan and cargo bay length alone, are going to give rise to, I think, a lot of very unique and interesting designs. Can you tell me a little bit about the influence in this class change, the rule set change from uh, uh, committees, of course, a lot of people involved, they're in the industry, and, and any influences from, from generally what's going on in the uh, aeronautics industry? Uh, always. I mean, there's a lot of committee members who are associated with Lockheed Martin and other aerospace companies, and the goal here is to produce engineers who graduate from their colleges with relevant experience and relevant um, tools that are going to be helpful for them in, in the professional world. So we pay very close attention to what the trends are in aerospace, what the trends are in um, design, especially for small vehicles like this, so that we can understand what tools we can develop now that are essentially a little microcosm of what they're going to do in the real world. So in this case, it's a lot more of trade-offs, payload design things, design thinking, and understanding when one requirement like takeoff length might drive considerably other requirements on the aircraft or other capabilities of the aircraft. 
So we talked a little bit about the influence of some of the problem solving before. Do you have any any uh, uh, things that you're watching out for, tips for people getting into this class uh, as we're going into it that, that, that you're kind of interested to see those problems solved or, or people thinking about a certain way going into it that you'd like to share? I think I'm most interested to see how the teams are going to handle the short takeoff specifically. So the short takeoff with a wingspan penalty is going to make, again, for some very interesting uh, aircraft designs. It's going to make for some very exciting uh, run-ups and takeoffs when a lot of teams are going to be very excited to see, you know, are they going to take off by inches? So I'm very excited to be looking forward to that. And then once your plane is in the air, I think there's going to be a little more breathing room um, to be able to fly and finish the course. It's important for the students to realize that everybody that is involved with this event are volunteers, um, whether they're on the rules committee, whether they're reading your papers, whether they're the ones like David that have come up through the program, they're alumni and are giving back to the program. Um, I emphasize this on site. I probably will do it again. want to make sure everybody listening uh, understands how important volunteering is and hopefully uh, they'll get the same kind of uh, enthusiasm that David and the Rules Committee has gotten from this because they're all past committee members and they're all past students. So, David, one last question for you here. Talk about unofficially, of course, we're we're a while out from uh, thinking about micro class for next year and their rule change. Um, and of course, there's a lot that can change. No, nothing you say today is going to be a final answer on this. Ideally, what would you like to see happening in the in the micro class uh, in the coming year? Oh, oh boy! Don't, yeah. don't give him an open slate. <laughs> yeah, My, micro class is kind of near and dear to my heart. It's the first uh, it's the first class that I participated in as a student for a number of years. I think it's a lot of fun because the airplanes being smaller allows for faster design cycle for the teams. So it allows them to quickly iterate on their ideas, get something in the air. They don't have to put all the resources in that a regular class or especially an advanced class aircraft takes. So it's a little more uh, entry level, whether that's entry level from students being, you know, sophomore, freshman, junior, or it's their first time competing in SAE. And so we, we want to keep the bar kind of low for, participation on that one to allow people the to ease themselves into SAE as a competition. But I'm really looking forward to maybe moving away from some of the dimensionality constraints that the last couple of years of microclass have had and maybe more into an operational um, set of changes. So we've got some kind of neat ideas that we've been kicking around here. But you know, making it a lot more exciting of advanced classes to participate in will be something to look out for we're talking about of course you know i've seen this with the advance and the regular changes the last couple of years there's more of a uh, the way it serves a purpose you know where it's it's carrying payloads for and and delivering those for advanced and and this way like different types of payloads for for regular are we thinking like maybe that kind of change for uh for a micro class oh i don't want to give away too much <laughs> so no 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 soccer balls being attached to micro class anytime oh, soon I <laughs> oh, I did. I did push for that in past years, but uh, no, no, um, something something a little bit different. Again, the idea is to make it so that there's value in flying more than once, always, right? So we want people to participate across all the rounds. We want it to be exciting. It's uh, ideally getting more exciting as you get closer to the end, and there's more competition happening. Um, and at the same time, really showing from the students a 
good understanding of the aircraft they brought to the competition and really showing how well they understand what it is they did um, how and the ability to execute cleanly on the rule set. Uh, Sam, before I close here, is there anything you want to uh, expand on or anything we sh- you think we should touch back on from what you heard? Well, just, just as a reminder, uh, there are various uh, social media. There's the app that we want to make sure every team has uh, logged into. Make sure you use the app. That's where a lot of the information comes from. We've got Facebook. We've got a forum where, uh, honestly, where David answers questions, where the rules committee can answer specific questions. Uh, if you have questions or you have concerns, simply send it off to uh, SAE Aero Design and uh, the forum, and you'll be able to get answered by one of the rules committee members. We usually uh, go back and forth between us before the answers are, are sent, but we usually are uh, unanimous in our answers. But there, there are multiple outlets for you to get to know this event, get to know the questions and answers before you get on site and uh, just want to wish good luck to all the teams. Yeah, I'd like to emphasize that a little bit as well. So whenever a question is asked that isn't, uh, that there isn't, let's say, a rule directly explaining in the rule rule book, the committee looks at it, we give responses, we take notes, we update it for future years. So we're actively involved throughout the entire process as questions come in, as things need to be clarified, and especially when we get to the competition, and we look at how we're performing, what the flight line looks like, every aspect of this competition. We're taking notes about we're learning and we're trying to run better and better with less and less confusion to new entrants and current uh, competitors. So um, we're, we're very active and engaged in this. Well, looking forward to seeing this new class and, of course, all the classes as usual on the Air Design Competition. Uh, we'll see you guys out here uh, at the beginning of the March in uh, Florida and, of course, in Texas. David, looking forward to seeing you out there. I uh, can't wait. All right, Ed, thank you so much, David. Thank you so much, Sam, for taking the time out of your busy, busy schedules uh, to do this here today. And again, guys, as he said, download the app, subscribe to the podcast and your favorite podcatcher, and also subscribe to YouTube. These shows are showing up uh, there as well if that's the way you like to uh, consume your content and get your information. Uh, we're pointing it out everywhere uh, that's that's fit to put out on the Internet here. So please go check all those out. And, of course, follow all the social media. Follow the Facebook page especially and all that. Thank you guys so much, and be safe out there. Thanks for listening to Flight Plans, the SAE Aero Design Podcast. As always, we want to hear from you, so email aerodesign at sae.org. The show notes for this episode and all others can be found at aerodesign.fireside.fm. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next episode.